0: Hashtag SFMBTH It is eight minutes now before four o'clock as we continue to observe Women's Month. Right now we are joined by Dr. Leslie Ann Foster who is the founder and executive director at Masimanyana Women's Support Centre, will tell us more about the two-day accountability dialogue which is currently taking place in East London in the Eastern Cape. The aim of this dialogue is to discuss current challenges that obstruct the ongoing battle against gender-based violence and femicide in this country. Dr Foster, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Have we been able to identify um, where exactly... Um, the hurdles are at because the president seems to be speaking the, the right language. He's making the right noises. Um, there's also the legislation that has been passed, but yet we're still dealing with gender-based violence and femicide that almost seems to be heightened.
1: Well, I agree with you, Alvin. We, particularly in August, have seen spikes in the number of femicides and uh, rapes you know, that are occurring. So this conference is looking at where are those logjams and how do we undo them? How do we move beyond the logjams into full implementation and uh, so that we can achieve impact on the National Strategic Plan on gender-based violence? So we have recognized the lack of accountability at district and, muni- and local municipal level. Uh, we have just come out of a commission on leadership and accountability and so what's happened is that work on gender-based violence is relegated to junior officials who have no power and have no budget to actually implement the uh, you know, elements of the, C- of the NSP that we think should be j- taken forward to make an impact. So that's one of the problems that we have. Uh, and the lack of accountability, we don't have accountability structures and mechanisms at all levels, whether it be civil society, whether it be state, um, and this needs to be definitely improved. Um, but I can, I can tell you it's going to take long, hard work over a long period of time for us to actually, you know, see a difference, to see change happening. But right now, there isn't that kind of, of you know, impetus within any of the structures at the moment.
0: Do, do you think, uh, for instance, we have, we have um, BEE and BEE, and they are all of the scorecards there, um, and one of the aims of BEE is also finding a way on how do you um, become more inclusive, that you create an environment that also allows women to thrive. Should companies and organizations also keep a scorecard on gender-based violence and femicide within the organization as well? Because while we speak about gender-based violence, you almost seem to speak about it as something that happens only far away in society in communities and on the streets and so forth. But that also takes place in the boardroom, in the offices, in the workspaces.
1: I think that uh, at the moment, you know, um, all the mechanisms that we have are down to kind of uh, technical or um, uh, mechanical compliance. Uh, what one of my colleagues called uh, malicious compliance, to what is required of them to show that they are addressing gender-based violence. And we have to move beyond that. We have to move to a place where people take um, individual responsibility, collective responsibility, be it in the private sector, in the public sector, uh, in civil society. And we're not seeing that kind of response yet. Um I think we're getting there because I think there has been some progress. there have been people that have recognized and institutions that have recognized the need you know for us to work collectively, but it's just pockets of it, and it's not yet something that everybody feels they they have a responsibility or an ability to actually effect that change so this, this is these are the hard. Um, questions that we're asking about how do we how do we get people to take responsibility, not at a technical level, but where it becomes integrated into the psyche of organizations, into organizational cultures. Um, and, and I'm talking about business organizations as much as what I'm talking about, you know, religious institutions, cultural institutions, um, the trade union movements, very patriarchal. So most of these structures are very patriarchal and there isn't enough of an impetus to change that. We are not seeing a sea change. We're not seeing transformation happening yet, but we continue to work, you know, and it feels to those of us on the ground that we're chipping at, you know, a little block, one piece at a time, and not that the entire system is being affected. So we really have got a very, very big challenge ahead of us. Um, The the, the ray of hope is that we now have one... um, you know, one instrument in the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence, and we're hoping that that will make that sea change, that will bring about transformation.
0: Yeah, and on the part of accountability, as um, you have your accountability dialogue that is taking place, um, at the same time, starting tomorrow though, is um, the policing in Daba. What conversation should be happening there? Um, What should be on the agenda there? And once the policing in Daba has concluded, what outcomes would you like to see that deal specifically with this issue around gender-based violence as well as femicide? I have to say, yesterday I was speaking um, to interviewing a police officer, a spokesperson, and um, during our debriefing session with the team, um, one of the things that we came up with was that sometimes you find that perhaps police don't take gender-based violence as serious as they should because if we say that it is a victim-centered approach, how come the police spokesperson don't know what happened during that incident to the victim who called the police after a protection order um, had been violated and after there has been violence but the police spokesperson doesn't know what happened?
1: Yeah, So we had this conversation uh, this morning as well in our accountability uh, conversation. And one of the issues that came up is the lack of training and capacity building within the police. Whatever the police uh, as an institution are providing as training on gender-based violence is hopelessly inadequate. You know um it's again just ticking a, a box to say well we did gender-based violence but there's no transformative element to that and 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 it doesn't centre to the experiences of women you know uh to violence against women in those conversations the second thing I speak about this all the time is the structural impediment and that goes to the uh the um kind of policing uh, strategy that we have uh, in that strategy police are measured by Crime reduction. So, crime reduction makes them reluctant to take on issues of gender based violence and to show an increase in those crimes because it reflects negatively against them. We have to deal with that issue. We've been talking about it for years and years and years, but the policing model is what is problematic and i think that's a very 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 serious issue that we we need to address because why are they being measured against crime reduction why would they take on rape cases why would they take on domestic violence cases if they can find any way to avoid it they won't and believe you me they do they do so those do- are the questions yes
0: Yeah. No, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for this conversation. Dr. Leslie Ann Foster, their founder and executive director at the Masimanyanu Women's Support Center. It's four o'clock. Time for the news.